Hey guys, Brandon Lewis here. Hey, it is your last chance to complete our Tennessee Illegal Immigration Survey. So if you'll go to the top of our Twitter feed, you will see it pinned there at the top. We're going to send this to GOP legislators so they can ignore it. Let's get into the big stories of the week. Uh, we're going to talk about the fact that 98% of corporate, um, of 98% rather, of individuals who took a survey said that uh, having a corporate uh, lobbyist who lobbies for corporate welfare uh, is a conflict of interest if you serve in the Tennessee Senate. Jason Zachary stomping on Second Amendment rights by pushing unpopular red flag gun laws, a bill that would enable violent offenders who murder kids to escape accountability was forwarded by a voice vote by Chair Iris Rudder. Subcommittee Chairman Gary Hicks gavels down child rapist death penalty bill, placing it behind Governor Lee's budget. Were 16 GOP senators wrong on the COVID vaccine? Yes or no, we shall find out. We're going to talk about how we can combat the draconian overreach by using Senator Janice Bowling's uh, Restoring State Sovereignty Through Nullification Act. Tennessee Republicans secretive about plans for school choice vouchers. We're going to get into that. And finally, we're going to talk about a few other things that I may have missed here and maybe even accidentally flipped past because guess what? I just do this uh, like you do this as a volunteer and sometimes you get what you pay for. Guys, before we get into these news stories, I do want to read some from the mailbag. The mailbag. Last week I didn't do it. This week I'm doing it. I'm sorry. I got this wonderful note in the mail. Uh, You can see it here. It says, thank you, Brandon and Kristen, for your hard work on the Tennessee Conservative. Sincerely, uh, Tony and Tanya, thank you very much. Uh, This one says, team, thank you for your good work. I think that says Tom. I can't really read it exactly. Uh, And another one that says, thanks for keeping us informed through the Tennessee Conservative. Sincerely, Janine, thank you for all the lovely notes you send and for your support. And one from my good friend Tracy here, who is like a stalwart supporter. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you, Tracy. Uh, Truth trumps consequences. Thank you for continuing to speak truth into the lies. It's costly. And indeed it is, Tracy. Thank you so much for helping us. And finally, we've got this note here that was sent in. Brandon, uh, we are already monthly contributors to the Tennessee Conservative. We feel so strongly about the difference you and your team are making that we want to do more with all the information you provide regular Tennesseans on what's going on in the General Assembly. Uh, We have no excuse not to be informed and involved. Thank you for being willing to fight the fight, Darlene and Buster. Thank you so much, guys. Let's get right into the stories. If you do not know how to get our newsletter, do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com. Hit that subscribe button. You can also text the word news, N-E-W-S, to 423-205-5600. Follow us on Gab Gitter, uh, Truth, Rumble, and MeWe. We're there. The, the big tech platforms try to shut us off and shut us down, but we don't care. We don't care. We're just going to keep telling the truth because the truth has legs. Here we go. First story. And let me pre- First story. say corporate welfare lobbyist wife, conflict of interest for Senator Watson. Now listen, before I get into the story, the first thing I want to make clear, I like Bo Watson. I've known him for about 20 some odd years. He is a nice individual. You will never meet a more well-mannered, well-spoken, conscientious dude in person. But the issue is we do not live under personality. We live under policy. And we also live under the ethical constructs that allow us to have a government that doesn't have conflicts of interest, 
that can lead humans who are susceptible to greed to take advantage of those and so that we don't have the interrational, interrational, <laughs> the interrelational conflicts that often lead to corruption in politics. And here was the poll we put out. If a high-ranking Tennessee senator has a lobbyist wife who gets paid 200 k plus annually to deliver billions in corporate welfare from Tennessee taxpayers to liberal corporations, and if that money lands in the member's household budget, is that a conflict of interest, yes or no? Of the 737 participants on Twitter, 98% responded yes and only 2% responded no. And the issue is simply this. When you are uh, over the Senate Finance Ways and Means Committee and you control a lot of stuff that happens in the budget, and when your wife goes to see other members to think that they are going to treat her just as if she's another person is crazy. For example, I am married to Kristen. If Kristen goes to see people who are politically involved, they will treat her differently because I own a news publication than someone off the street. And the issue is that influence uh, can corrupt the relationships. And the other thing I think that's a big deal is pushing for corporate welfare is wildly unpopular with conservatives. This specific corporate welfare push was for the Titan Stadium, which about 60% of Tennesseans across all political spectrums opposed. And what we have seen time and time again is that corporate welfare rarely produces an ROI that's measurable. If they go bankrupt, if they do whatever, it doesn't matter. We never get our money back as Tennessee taxpayers. It makes an unfair advantage uh, for big, huge corporations against small business owners. Like we need more of that as if, the, as if the deck isn't stacked high enough already. And then finally, here's something else that it does. It takes money that should be going into education, should be going into uh, law enforcement, should be going into infrastructure, and it just gives it to millionaires and billionaires. It is completely unethical and immoral, in my opinion. Now, setting that aside, <laughs> it, it, it is the most corrupt form of politics, and that is big business in the bed with big corporations and the government. I don't know. I just hope somebody does the right thing on that. Either she needs to go lobby, go down to Atlanta. I know it's a little bit more of a drive, but hey, you go lobby down in the legislature down there. I'm sure somebody would give you a job. Go lobby anywhere. Go lobby anywhere. But don't lobby right where your husband works. It's unethical. It is unethical. Everybody knows it. That's why 98% of people know it. And the lady came up to me in the grocery store and just like ripped me a new one. Because we mentioned this conflict in our newspaper, she was livid, chased me down in the grocery store. I'm like, what the heck? And the reason that, that it is so offensive is because the truth is offensive. And when you know you're doing something wrong and you get called out, it's very uh, uncomfortable. Next story. Zachary's red flag gun law bill passes committee by voice vote led by Chairman Brian Terry heads to the House floor. As I've mentioned before, I had high hopes for Brian Ritchie. Not Brian Ritchie. I'm sorry. I did not mean to offend you, Mr. Ritchie. Jason Zachary. Because he stood up a little bit during COVID. He did. But here's the issue. When you've been up in, uh, up in the General Assembly any length of time, and you want to climb that ladder, that political ladder, you've got to bow and scrape to whatever Cameron Sexton and Randy McNally tell you if you want any committee appointments, if you want to move up in the ranks, if you want to get that corporate PAC money delivered to you on a silver platter, you have to walk the walk. Even if your constituents say, we absolutely don't want it. And that's what we have here. A Tennessee bill that expands current state law requiring mental health professionals to report the possibility of potentially violent acts by their patients passed by another voice vote this time. And voice votes are just 
It's, these are just tools of deception. That's all that is. And the reason that Cameron Sexton allows it is because he likes deception. This time in the full House Health Committee, uh, led by Chairman Brian Terry, House Bill 1625 passed the House during uh, the special session last August, but the Senate declined to act on the bill at the time. Hopefully they'll do the same thing. Sponsor of the bill, Jason Zachary, who worked with Covenant School parents on the language. So let me get this straight. A trans leftist shooter goes and shoots up a school. We're not allowed to get any of the information. We can't see the motives. But the solution is to infringe upon Tennessean Second Amendment rights. The logic here is baffling. The expansion raises questions about privacy laws, what happens uh, to the information once it's shared, where will it be stored, who will manage it, how can it be used, who will have access to it in perpetuity and all the information without apparently any due process. We're supposed to be a republic that has due process. This takes away due process. So in addition to trampling on the Second Amendment, it also takes away due process. Jason Zachary, do you not have any conservative moorings? Apparently not. Neither does the committee. Two Republican representatives, Kip Capley and Timothy Hill, requested to have their no votes put on the record. Thank God. Let's read this again. Two Republican representatives, Kip Cap Capley and uh, Timothy Hill, requested to have their no votes put on the record. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having a backbone and not bowing and scraping to rhino leadership to actually stand up for your constituents. I understand this will cost you. I get it. The governor's put pressure on you. Cameron Sexton's put pressure on you. This expansion raises many questions regarding privacy laws. Uh, House Health uh, Committee members who uh, we can assume voted yes are Republicans Brian Terry, Tom Leatherwood, Clark Boyd, Michelle Carringer, Jeremy Faison, Andrew Farmer, John Gillespie, David Hawk, Esther Hayes Helton. This is just like a list of liberal rhinos. Gary Hicks, Tim Hicks, Sabi Kumar, Brock Martin, Iris Rudder, Paul Sherrill, Ron Travis, Kevin Vaughn, Sam Whitson, and Ryan Williams. And Democrats, you gotta love it when you see Republicans voting with Democrats to eliminate your Second Amendment rights. Afton Ben, Corey Ray Clemens, Yusuf Hakeem, Caleb Hemmer, Darren Jernigan, and Bo Mitchell. Guys, we're headed into a primary election. We don't need any more of these types of people. Vote them out. Go run. Go run. Make them work. Amazing. Guys, listen, if you want to tune in to another podcast that will bring to you state and local news that you will not get anywhere from the corporately funded media, please do go check out my friend uh, Steve at Mill Creek View, Tennessee. Make sure you put Tennessee on that. Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast on your favorite podcast platform or watch it on Rumble. Our buddy Steve recently interviewed Ed Martin, author, lawyer, and political activist working to free innocent men and women who were arrested for peacefully protesting at the D.C. Capitol on January 6th. So check out Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast today. Come on in. Just don't make a lot of noise. Sorry, I shouldn't have done this next to the door. Maybe ask your mother and then to walk around. <laughs> this is conservative citizen journalist uh, journalism right here at the old home front because if we don't do it uh, as individuals, it ain't going to get done. Next bill, a Tennessee bill that would enable violent offenders who murder kids to escape accountability moves forward by voice vote called by Chair Iris Rudder. This bill. Uh, this week, a bill that will keep the autopsy reports of children uh, killed at the hands of violent criminals uh, will uh, will keep them from going public record. Move through the Tennessee House Public Service Committee with relative ease by a voice vote led by Iris Rudder. The voice vote was simply recorded as ace prevail. All legislators had to do to tell us if they're against this was to have their votes recorded as no. 
Uh, and this includes Rebecca Alexander, Rick Eldridge, Curtis Johnson, Kelsey, uh, Kelly Kessling, and Dennis Powers, and Democrat Vincent Dixie. Deborah Fisher, Executive Director of Tennessee's Coalition for Open Government, spoke in opposition of the bill, because we don't need open government, right? We don't have much of it in Tennessee, explaining that such bills would shield uh, violent perpetrators who have murdered children from receiving a just consequence. And here's the other thing. You know, we just had this huge billion dollar, I don't even understand it, uh, franchise tax rebate that's given to like 80 mega corporations, and we can't even see the list. You want to talk about corruption and cover up? Guys, many of you listen to just closed circuit transmission to our regular podcast listeners, our regular social media followers, our newsletter subscribers. Many of you subscribe to The Daily Wire or other conservative talk show hosts that happen to live in Tennessee. They are now citizens or their corporate headquarters is housed here. Will you please send them our information and ask them why they aren't doing anything to help us on this statewide front? It is embarrassing to not walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. We need the Ben Shapiro's, the Matt Walsh's, the Candace Owens of the world to get in the fight with us instead of just talking about national politics. Uh, they could spend uh, 10 hours talking about n- national politics and not get the same return as they could get for 10 minutes of getting involved with grassroots people like me and you here in Tennessee. The bill seeks to close information about crime victims, but what it really does is close information about a crime. The state law requires an autopsy uh, when a person is killed by another person or a death is suspicious. Autopsies are public records in most states. They've been public records in Tennessee from the beginning. The information in autopsy is very important for determining not just how a person died, but who the killer was. Let's keep all that in the dark. Next story, subcommittee chairman Gary Hicks, who has a consistently terrible record and needs a primary opponent, gavels down child rapist death penalty, placing it behind Governor Lee's budget. Now, he sent us an email, said he thought that it was just a completely unfair headline, right? Well, here's the issue, Gary. When you don't allow people to vote on it and you don't allow any discussion, it looks suspicious. The second thing is what I have discovered almost exclusively to be true, is that when anything goes behind the governor's budget, it's as good as burying it in your backyard, okay? So either you need to get better at communicating the fact that something's going to be brought back up, or you don't need to just gavel it down without any discussion, especially if people are following it. A bill to authorize the death penalty as punishment for child rapists in Tennessee was placed, quote, behind the budget, which is as good as dead, during a meeting of the House Finance, Ways, and Means Committee this week. On February 7th, subcommittee members considered House Bill 1663, sponsored by Representative William Lambert, which would allow Tennessee to prescribe a death penalty to child rapists who were an adult at the time of the crime. I'm all for it. Lambert said, one of the most heinous crimes anyone could ever experience as a victim and survivor as a child is to be raped by an adult is unconscionable to know that we have monsters that live among us in our population. Uh, Lambert also noted uh, since introducing HB 1663 has received hundreds of emails from child sexual abuse survivors thanking him for the legislation. While Representative Lambert uh, finished introducing the bill in the Finance, Ways, and Means Committee, Representative Gary Hicks announced the bill will be placed behind the budget. Apparently, this is Gary Hicks' individual decision. He made it as the chairman. Buddy, when you make bad decisions as a chairman, you take the consequences. Now, leadership will put you up to it, I'm sure. You don't get on a committee up in the House or in the Senate because you're conservative. You get on the House or on the committee because you go, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I'll do exactly what you say. So anything vote against my constituents, you better believe it. Whose who's boots I got to lick? That's what you get. Okay, that's how you climb up there, to be slavish. That's how you do it. We, and we don't need representatives to be slavish to the wills of rhino corporate leadership. We need people that will represent the districts that they are elected to represent. 
When the bill is placed behind the budget, it usually means one of two things. There's a significant uh, financial impact behind the bill's passage, or two, it's not part of the governor's proposed budget, which is kind of surprising given William Lambert is like such a lapdog for the governor. I think he'd carve out a special provision for this. <sighs> Let's move on to the next story. Let me ask you a question. Were these 16 GOP senators wrong on the COVID vaccine? Two and a half years ago, 16 out of 27 Tennessee GOP senators signed a strongly uh, worded uh, chastising, insulting letter uh, endorsing in a push of emergency use authorization of COVID-19 vaccines that never provided what federal and state officials pitched at the time, immunity to the virus. That's what they said. They hit us over the heads with it, right? Along with masks work and lockdowns are to your benefit and let's set the kids at home. There won't be any learning loss. This was the leadership. These are the people at the helm. When history comes calling, when history comes calling and you got to make a hard decision, do you have real men at the top or do you have weak men? Because weak men make hard times. And that's why we have had such a hard time and will continue to have such a hard time both in Tennessee and in our nation because we had weak men at the helm. The letter said, in part, there has been a recent spike in the number of cases, which includes the virus is more contagious, Delta variant. A strong majority of these cases are among those who are not vaccinated, you evil people. And virtually all of those currently hospitalized with COVID-19 have not been vaccinated, and so on and so forth. At the time of the letter, the vaccine had only been available in a, uh, for a total of seven months. And this begs the question, what evidence do these lawmakers have access to in order to make claims like this with integrity? An attempt to quell vaccine hesitancy, the letter endorsed mRNA vaccines as effective means of gaining immunity. The letter further asked Tennesseans to, quote, please compare the very rare instances of side effects with more than 600,000 deaths in the U.S. scare tactics. Who are the people that tried to push all this nonsense on you? And they've got a, most of these people have a consistent liberal voting record as well. Here we go. Senator Jack Johnson, bad voting record. Richard Briggs, terrible voting record. Todd Gardenhire, mainly terrible voting record, has recently started turning a little bit of a conservative corner on certain issues. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm even saying it. Ken Yeager, just a government rhino, needs to be primaried. Ed Jackson, barely know anything about him, but I've seen his name mainly in negative consequences. Uh, Farrell Hale, awful, god-awful. He's got somebody running against him, needs to be defeated. John Lundberg, terrible. Becky Massey, terrible. Paige Wally, Waffle, waffly. Wally can occasionally do something conservative. Bill Powers, mainly just a corporate rhino. Shane Reeves, awful, awful, awful. Big, huge illegal immigration proponent, Shane Reeves. Paul Rose, not the best. Art Swan can often be terrible. Don White is good and bad. Bo Watson, good and bad. Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally, awful, awful. That's where we are here. So the letter only references adverse reactions that were officially reported during that short time and did not acknowledge the possibility of adverse uh, that could crop up over time due to the vaccination. Also, ignore any possibilities that a number of reported COVID-19 deaths might have been, as we later discovered, inaccurate. I will never stop reminding you of the fact that we were hoodwinked and that most of these people that did all the damage are still in office. We need to replace them with patriots. Guys, listen, go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com support Help us out. 
help us out. Hit that support button. Uh, make sure that you send donations to P.O. Box 625, P.O. Box 625, Signal Mountain, Tennessee, 37377. If it weren't for you, there would be no us. You are the thin red line. We need your support desperately. Monthly contributions, above all, are what keep our operations rolling. You often wonder, why aren't there more conservative news outlets? Because <gasps> conservative Christians are cheap politically. That's why. So, it is easier to act your way into feeling better than to feel your way into acting better. And I promise, once you make a donation to us, you'll feel better about yourself. And then that will probably inspire you to live out your convictions with both your budget and your time. Next story. Combating draconian overreach, Senator Janice Bowling reintroduces the Restoring State Sovereignty Bill through Nullification Act. That's a mouthful. After failing to pass the General Assembly both in 2022 and 2023, the Restoring State Sovereignty through Nullification Act has officially been introduced for the two, uh, 2024 legislative session. Thank you, Janice Bowling, a true conservative. She is the Iron Lady of the Tennessee Senate. If, if the guys up there, if the men up there were half the man half the man that Janice Bowling is, we would have a completely different state government. We would have not had any of this COVID stuff if Janice Bowling had been in charge, if she'd been governor. If she'd been governor, God, I wish she'd run. She'd have my full full support. If she'd ran, like we would not have experienced what we did during COVID because she's not a pushover and she understands the Constitution and she's tough. The First Amendment specifically denies the U.S. Congress of certain lawmaking powers. The federal government is also specifically denied powers not delegated to it in the U.S. Constitution. And people like uh, Jason Zachary, when it talks about illegal immigration, we could, we could do all kinds of stuff to stop it. Uh, and there's big news. We're going to have an illegal immigration rally, closed circuit transmission. I got it on the calendar already. It's coming up. It's coming up. We're going to just show everybody in the nation the fact that our Tennessee Republican Party is doing jack nor squat on illegal immigration. Back in 2022, in the aftermath of the COVID-19 lockdowns imposed by our own GOP government, mandates and restrictions, Janice Bowling filed a bill to end the pra uh, practical participation with federal action as it finds constitutionally violent. Bowling said, quote, I think we have to concur. It is an uh, undeniable fact that our federal government has grown well beyond its specifically enumerated powers. The ever-increasing scope and size of government not only violates the original intent of our founders, but also threatens to suffocate our liberty through draconian overreach uh, antithetical to principles of federalism. This legislation was killed by other members of the state legislature, but Bowling has introduced it again, and Bill Lee is openly opposed to the bill because he's a corporate shill. You know, when we had all the COVID stuff and we were trying to give people back their medical freedom, who did Bill Lee live out? Who do you leave out? Medical professionals and anybody who got some corporate money. If you're a corporate employee or a corporate, or not a corporate, I'm sorry, if you're a federal employee or a federal contractor, Bill thinks that you don't have any rights under Tennessee Constitution. If it means there's some money coming into the state, oh, Bill, Bill would, Bill would sell his mother down the river for a couple of dollars, I believe, if it's corporate dollars or federal dollars. I mean, I'm sorry, Mama. You know, away you go. However, Senator Bowling's not giving up, and this year under Senate Bill 2775, the corresponding House Bill 2795 is being carried by Representative Bud Halsey. Last story, and then we're getting into what's going on this weekend. Tennessee Republicans secretive about plans for school choice vouchers. Listen, guys, I know y'all just like stumble around blindly when it comes to uh, understanding where GOP primary voters are. That's why you call special sessions for corporate welfare and gun, red flag gun laws. That's why you drag your feet on giving people their basic constitutional rights. That's why 90% of your money comes from outside of the district, from special interest in GOP leadership. I get it. But if you want to do something legislatively, 
it's kind of important that you actually tell people what you're going to do so they can decide if it's good or bad. When you keep things a secret, it does not, it's not helpful. It's not helpful. Republican Tennessee lawmakers are seemingly being secretive about their choice uh, plans for vouchers. So far, majority leaders of the House and Senate have filed caption bills, which give only a general description that's related to the intent of the bill. When Representative Lambert uh, filed House Bill 2468 and Jack Johnson filed corresponding Senate Bill 2787, amendments that make the bills will come later and are not available for public scrutiny. According to a recent poll from the Beacon Center, over 68% of Tennesseans support Lee's proposal to expand the ESA program with a price tag of $141.5 million. Hey, listen, guys, we're paying $633 million just to educate illegal immigrants in Tennessee. I say we cut that out, and then we do something else for our own kids. That'd be a good idea. Of state funds in the first year to increase, uh, now facing a $610 million shortfall, and perhaps not surprisingly, a few details have been shared. Lee claims that he is determined to adequately fund both uh, public schools and his voucher plan, saying they are both priority. Uh, ESA funding will be separate from Tennessee investment and in student achievement in the K-12 education funding formula under House rules. A vote in a subcommittee can happen the next day if an amendment is introduced, leaving little notice for public comment. That's what they do. That is what they do. They ram bills through that they know that might be unpopular. They don't give us time to tell you what's going on so you can actually mull it over. There's no policy debate. It's just, let's go do a bunch of stuff in secret. If I have said anything today that is not the gospel truth, may God strike me down. I think I've said everything I know to be true, and I have a clean conscience about it, and it just breaks my heart to be in such a red state with so many low-information GOP voters that will not hold our party leadership accountable to do what we've sent them to Nashville to do. But with your help, we can do it. We can do it. We can turn things around. So in your community, we're heading into election season, guys. Find some good candidates. Find some good candidates. Give them some money. Give them some support. Go help them. If we've got Republicans that have bad voting records or if they're just bench warmers, if they're just leadership lap dogs, if they're just corporate shills, we need to get rid of them. Get rid of them. We could have a renaissance. We could lead the nation in Tennessee, but we need your help. And if you want to help uh, us find more conservatives just like you, please do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com. Hit that support button and also subscribe. So what's going on this weekend, guys? What are we going to do? What you going to do? Well, here's what I'm going to do. Tonight, uh, I am going to go to the gym uh, and try to get back to the house to hang out with the kiddos. I think my wife has a church event of some description. Uh, I can't recall exactly what she's doing. And then tomorrow, I've got to work my keister off. I'm still in my busy season. I'm still in my busy season for my paying job because I don't take any money out of the Tennessee Conservative. And so I have got to uh, do a bunch of work. And then my wife and I are going to go to a Dwight Yoakam concert with one of my best friends, Sean, and his beautiful wife, Lacey. And we're going to stay at the Historic Reed House Hotel, which is fantastically beautiful. Uh, and so we're just going to have a great night uh, with the wonderful uh, brides that God has blessed us with. And then I hope Sunday, if I get home uh, in enough time, uh, we're going to get to, to ride up and see my father and mother-in-law, both of which I love dearly. I just got very lucky marrying into my wife's family. And so they're keeping the kiddos so that we can have a night away as adults. And so I have not seen them in a little while, uh, mainly because I've been so busy and he's been so busy. So we're going to go up and, and do some family quality time on Sunday. And I hope if I have some time left over in the afternoon, I can do some work in the yard. There's stuff laying all over our yard, limbs, etc. My wood pile's getting low. i got to drag some wood out of the uh, woods here, cut it up, chop it up. 
I'm, I'm down to nothing. I'm down to nothing. So uh, if anybody's got any free firewood, I, I believe I'd almost take it right now. I just don't have time to cut it up, but I do enjoy it. But sometimes when the harvest is in, you got to reap it, right? Guys, I appreciate you. Uh, thank you so much for everything you do. And here's, here's the closed circuit transmission. If you live on Signal Mountain, uh, we're going to put together a Signal Mountain Conservatives Club. Signal Mountain Conservatives Club, if you do live on Signal Mountain and you're listening to this podcast and you have not emailed me, just email Brandon at TennesseeConservativeNews.com. Brandon at TennesseeConservativeNews.com. If you live on Signal Mountain, I assume you know it. Uh, so do let us know. We'd love uh, to meet you because uh, I have to practice what I preach, right? I know I get on here and I do an effective job of trying to inform you about state and local issues, but I also have uh, a job, in my opinion, uh, to do something right in my backyard. And that's what we're going to do. So Signal Mountain Conservative Club, uh, if you live up here in the 37377 zip code, let me know. Guys, love you. Mean it. I'll see you next week. Brandon Lewis here with the TenCon Big 7 Weekend Update, signing off.